0: We have Dr. Gary Goldenberg mm-hmm. in house today. Okay. Uh, Gary is a dermatologist but also specializes in dermatopathology. I thought
1: you were going to screw that up, man. I didn't oh, well, I didn't I I know. That.
2: Which is what can you explain what, what what that is exactly? Sure, if you have a skin biopsy, mm-hmm. it gets prepared and put on a slide and someone has to look at it, so I do that. As part of my practice. Okay.
0: And why dermatology? I mean, what was it? Was there a specific passion? Was there something
2: that brought you into it? So it's an interesting caveat. So my grandmother was a dermatologist in the old country, as we say. And when I was in medical school, I found myself gravitating to certain aspects of different specialties. And dermatology is so diverse and it's such a rich specialty that kind of covers everything. So we have a lot of medical conditions that we treat, but there are also a lot of aesthetic or cosmetic conditions that we treat. And, um, it was just very, very interesting. I found it very interesting,
0: which is interesting because when you think of dermatology, you immediately think of like acne, but it's more, It's way more. Uh,
1: cause I, I was looking at your website and was like, you know, <clears> started to get, uh, become a hypochondriac thinking I had everything wrong with me because there's so much that, that you cover that I was like, shit, I didn't even know that everything from, yeah, skin conditions to, to STDs to, um, you know, to, uh, to Botox and things like that, so it it really did start to come up, and, and just a lot of questions came in. Uh,
2: so dermatology really is a study or a science of taking care of skin, hair, nails, and mucosa, which is like the wet of your eyelids or the lips or the genitals. So anything in that area could be dermatology. Of course, there's overlap with other specialties like urology and GYN, like you're talking about STDs, but yeah we sort of the external experts and then there's some internal experts in those same areas that's a broad broad time i mean that's a lot to to know it man. Is, but
0: what do you what do you find interest people the most is it just general general skin maintenance i, I mean listen i'm i'm 42 now and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm seeing some lines and I'm seeing some dryness going on. Not my, me. You know, I'm getting bags. and I'm, he's he not you. I'm, I'm looking at also you. 10 and <laughs> <laughs> I'm also ten years old. Also ten years old. Um, but yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking a lot differently than maybe where I was at 22 years old. So
2: sure. I think it's it really depends on the individual. There's some there's some patients that come in only when there's a problem. And that's sort of being reactive. And then there's some people who are proactive, Mm -hmm. which is what I love to, you know, those are the patients that I love to take care of. They wanna, they really focus on skin health as opposed to skin disease. So certainly if you have acne or psoriasis or eczema, those common skin conditions, rosacea, you're gonna come in if you notice it because they sort of come up. But the people who are really, um, really in tune with their health and their body are gonna come in and say, hey, I'm 42 what can I do to you know, look my best at 50 and feel my best at 50 and have the best skin at 50, 60, et cetera, or I'm 30 and you know, I'm working really hard, I'm starting a family, what can I do to sort of slow down the clock and make sure that my skin stays looking healthy and young, et cetera, as opposed to being reactive? And I think that's true for probably what you guys do also.
1: Yeah, do you notice that, um, and I'm gonna ask you to, to generalize a little bit here, that um, men or women wait Uh, a certain time, like
2: till something's wrong to come in? Is it usually men or women? So in every study, men don't do as well as women do. And there's some reasons for that. I think men do let things go a little bit um, later. So a prime example of that is hair loss. So I gave a talk on hair loss yesterday to a local derm society. And one of the jokes I tell patients, and it's really true, is that sometimes a patient, a male patient comes in, and it's too late for something non surgical. Like transplant is the only option for them. But when women start losing their hair, it's like an emergency. So they come in very early, so there are a lot more treatment options when it's earlier in the process opposed to waiting until it's too late and you know you don't have sort of good non invasive options. So I think that in general terms men tend to let, let things go and, and women don't. But I think being in New York City we're sort of, you know, it's different. I've practiced in many places in this country, you know, to, you know, a lot, really diverse populations in different geographies. And things are a little bit different here because I think that people here are, um, and this is probably an overgeneralization, but, you know, my patient population is educated and they have good access to, to healthcare. So they have more ability, they have more means, ability, have yeah. more means yeah. right?
0: How much is this, of this is a food is medicine approach? To the skin and
2: and to everything that you. I think the answer to that is yes. Yeah, it's it's you know it's really everything. So some people are blessed with good genes, Mm -hmm. and if you're blessed with good genes, then you're going to do better than somebody who doesn't have great genetics when it comes to your skin. Um, I think that diet, and I hate that term, it's really nutrition, is something that is very important. You know, too much alcohol, smoking, tobacco you know, all of those things, having a a rock star lifestyle, as much as, you know, as much as that sounds like a lot of fun, Mm -hmm. when you're 20, it does catch up with you eventually. So I think it's really a combination of all of those things, Um, hydration, nutrition, you know, taking care of your skin. I, I think for skin health, really, the most important is sun protection, and that's something that should be stressed. So it's really wearing sunscreen every day, you know, seeking the shade, not frying, not tanning. If you had to pick one, sunbathing
1: or tanning bed which is which is it or are they both awful two is there, is S, is, there, is there an spf where there's a cutoff is there is there a uh, you know yes. does, after after there's x really amount of
2: bullshit so, so the first question is: both are terrible. Right. Okay, it doesn't matter if you're getting your cancer-causing rays from a, a bed, mm-hmm. from a tanning bed in a in a you know strip mall somewhere, or you're getting it at um, in Capri in Italy. Yeah, they're both. So there's bad. nothing. There, there's nothing with the vitamin D from the sun rays, or. Well, so there is some vitamin D debate about that, but we know for sure, 100 percent undeniable that UV causes skin cells to become malignant, and it causes skin cells to age faster. So what happens with people who have too much sun, they get skin cancer eventually, it's a cumulative exposure play, right? So the sun you got as a teenager can catch up with you later on in life, And people who get too much sun get brown spots, wrinkles, pigmentation. Their skin looks awful as they age. So that's 100%. How does vitamin D fit into the story? Well, you do need some UV exposure to convert to get active vitamin D, but most most adults can, and children can get enough D from diet and supplementation. And if it's packaged correctly, if you're just taking D alone, it doesn't get absorbed. It really needs to be packaged with oil. Fish oil specifically is the best one, or just olive oil, uh, avocado oil, whatever it is that you like. Some kind of fat increases the absorption. So for my patients, it's sun protection, skin cancer prevention, and then if their vitamin D levels are low, then we go to supplementation. In reality, if you have five minutes of UV without sunscreen at nine o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. it's enough to make enough vitamin D.
1: So how did you formulate your vitamin, that, that's a vitamin D supplement, correct? So correct. how did
0: you formulate that? How did
2: well, you hold come on? Up, is that more of a vitamin
0: D supplement or more, more of a fish oil, oil supplement? Was yeah, oh. that was It's really both.
2: So they're symbiotics. So fish oily oil, vitamin So fish oil is a great antioxidant and vitamin D is something that a lot of my patients have low levels of because I yell at them every day, about not getting too much sun. So if we check their vitamin D levels and they're 20, but the normal for that lab is 30, we're gonna supplement them to make sure that they get up to that normal level. Okay. This is sort of like a, we're, maybe we're getting sidetracked, but this is maybe interesting for your listeners. Normal levels of vitamins are a discussion, mm-hmm. okay? And the reason it's a discussion is that my normal, vi- I'm 43 years old, my normal vitamin D or my target, I should say, vitamin D level, is gonna be different than somebody who's 80 and eight because we have different metabolism, we're different as individuals, Mm -hmm. we have different hormonal pressures that are gonna affect our vitamins, et cetera. And that does translate to skin health, that's how I get involved with this. So for some patients, I actually take, I, I check a test that looks at everything holistically and tells me what their target vitamin levels are. Not what the normal is, because normal is like a bell curve, right? Uh You could be here or here, and it's still considered normal. And then based on that target, based on their hormones, age, gender, et cetera, we formulate a custom vitamin for them. I use, there's a a lab we use in Canada that makes custom vitamins for patients. And I think it's important for those that wanna not just sustain, but really exceed.
1: Aren't the recommendations bracketed between certain, uh, certain ages. So you're really, you shouldn't follow that or I don't understand how I can figure out what's good for me because
2: it's clearly not the same as it is for Don or or you. So there's, there's, there are normal and abnormal levels. Okay. So vitamin D is an interesting one to take, um, because no one really knows what the normal vitamin D levels are. Okay, it's just, it's sort of like an, a number that people pick, and there are some studies to support it, but it's not like you're going to have a population and you can say, okay, you take vitamin D, and you have this number, and you don't take it because we don't want people to be deficient. It's not a study that anyone would be willing to do. So it's based on populations. Mm-hmm. You look at uh, 100,000 people and you say, who fits into the bell curve? Where does the bell curve fit in? 18 and over, let's say. Right? You say the normal is between 30 and 60, I'm just picking arbitrary numbers here because they are somewhat arbitrary. Okay. You say everyone should be over 30 because that's where 80% of the population is. And if you're below 30, perhaps you're deficient. Mm-hmm. Right? But all of the studies with vitamin D are not cause and effect. So there's studies that show that low vitamin D levels cause cancer, but it's not a controlled environment. It's not like you have a population that you're following over time it's retrospective, it's different kind of evidence. Yeah,
0: but that's very common.
2: For sure, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. That's a problem with a lot but of this it's research. It's exactly right. Yeah. So all we can do is use the information we have available mm-hmm. to the best of our abilities sure. to make a, an educated guess, essentially, right? right? And that's what you know. some of these tests are. So we do know that if your levels of vitamin D are 10, they probably are really low, but if they're 30 and the lab says 35 is normal is it really low well maybe you want to increase it a little but it's not really really abnormal but getting back to your to your initial question i know for a fact that if you go out and get a sunburn it's going to catch up with you later and you might get a skin cancer but i can supplement you with vitamin d with fish oil and your vitamin d is going to be fine and you're going to be functioning and healthy
1: the spf question um is there what's the magic number
2: so, the, the magic number is, higher is better. Okay. Okay. So, at some point, the FDA uh, was going to get rid of anything that's above 50, they were going to say 50 plus, plus. and then, actually, one of my mentors did a study where they put 50 on one side of the face and uh, 100 on another, and they went skiing. And the side that had 100 had less sun exposure, hmm. less sun damage than the 50. It doesn't mean that you need it every day, so for every day, anything above 30 is really okay. But if you're gonna be out at the beach playing baseball, football, whatever, doing stuff in the middle of the day. <laughs> zinc. <laughs> you, you know, you, zinc is great. You really wanna go as high as, as possible. So this is what I tell my patients. When you go to the drugstore, pick a trusted brand that's water resistant and has an SPF of 50 or higher and get whatever has the lowest cost per Spray ounce. or cream? No spray, spray is bad. So cream lotion is better than spray. Because with spray, especially, you can't do it in the face because you might inhale it, and that irritates your, uh, your can irritate your breathing. And if it gets into your eyes, it's not good. And then with sprays, even if they're no rub, you still really need to rub them in. But with cream or lotion, you really are better off. So. 50 or higher, water resistant, best price per ounce, as long as it's a trusted brand, you'll be in good shape.
0: Let's give the listeners some 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 basics, maybe um, just some
2: specific things that they should be diving in on for skin health in general. So... I think skincare is very important for both men and women. I think most men kind of overlook it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, you ask a guy what they use to wash their face and body, and they say water and shampoo, and that's it. Oh, really? Right. So, or it's like whatever my spouse buys, or whatever's in the shower, whatever's in the hotel, whatever mm-hmm. is at the gym. So. I like to keep things simple. You know, you guys know the the Kiss principle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, you know, I I really keep believe keep it simple, stupid, or keep
0: it simple, silly. Whatever you like. Uh,
2: we don't say on stupid in our household. De- depends on who you're talking That's to. Dumb. Yeah, I have three kids. We don't say stupid either. Oh man. Um, silly. So. I think simplicity is important, so I usually recommend something very simple like a gentle cleanser or something that may uh, you may need if you have some acne or body acne, something that's antibacterial. So a cleanser twice a day. Morning and night, you should wash your face. And then obviously, you're washing your body in the shower once a day. Then every morning, sunscreen. Whether it's winter or summer, you should use a sunscreen every morning. I think most women have sort of done this instinctively. A lot of their makeup have sunscreen already. For guys that shave every day, it's actually pretty simple. I just tell them to use a sunscreen lotion as an aftershave, and since I already have it out, put some on your forehead, your nose, your ears, neck, arms, whatever's exposed to the elements, whatever's not covered by your your clothing. That's morning. Wash, sunscreen, easy, right? Mm -hmm. Simple. In the evening, you wash your face or body, whatever it is, if you, if you shower at night. And then I like to use some uh, anti-aging products. So retinol, which is a vitamin A derivative, is probably has the most evidence for anti-aging. Um, and then vitamin C, vitamin E, antioxidants, you know, just something simple. Creams cream, more, yeah, cream, cream, and then lock it in with a moisturizer. Interesting. So it's a very simple approach. And of course, if you want to layer some other stuff later like hyaluronic acid you want to use a serum what about toners et cetera do you recommend and all those things are great okay but if you're just starting out yeah start with the basics start with the basics because sometimes i feel like if i give patients too much to do the they'll starts. never get started yeah, yeah.
1: if i exercise uh, say five to seven times a week does that mean my skin my skincare routine or just
2: my routine in general has to change and they're like do i have to up the ante with it it depends <clears throat> if you're if you're prone to acne, or if you get acne from exercising, from sweating, there are two things that I often recommend. One is getting out of your sweaty clothing as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't have a chance to shower, just putting on a dry shirt, mm-hmm. so that kind of the, you know, even- so you're not with, festering in the right Exactly, so it's out. not, yeah, it's, yeah. You, you know, even these festering. shirts that are like, uh, like you know, wick again. away, yeah. I don't, you know, if you're really sweating, yeah, no, I, I don't on. think it does much. Yeah. So you gotta change your clothing, and you gotta get in the shower and wash with something antibacterial. Since probably most of your listeners work out, staff and MRSA love to live at the gym. Okay, and it's not just like if you're not laying down gym. on a mat. It's <laughs> in my mind, man. These are actually questions. You know, that I it's I not ask. like if you're just laying down on the floor where people are walking. There was lots of studies. This was big maybe ten years ago door handles, computer keyboards, so every, anywhere you put your phone. These are great places for bacteria to live because it's sweaty, It's lots of people go through there, so you got to get in the shower and wash yourself with something antibacterial.
1: How often should I change my pillowcase?
2: Well, it really depends on how much you're sweating. Probably at least once a week. Okay. There were some influencers who said that their acne got better if they changed it every day. I'm not buying it. but. If you know, if you're still breaking out and you think your pillowcase is kind of gross, then just change it more I change, often. I
0: change it twice a week. Do you? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, twice a week. I'm not telling you what I do then. Well, it's not me changing; <laughs> it's my cleaning woman. So oh, I have to go mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't know what we do because I'm a cleaning, yeah, like cleaning woman. <laughs> yeah. twice a week, so I assume it's twice a week.
2: I'm mean, gonna yeah. get really guess any but different. What else, Zach?
1: Toothpaste for for pimples. <sighs>
2: <laughs> That's a great question. If you're in a pinch, something—if you have a juicy one that you're you're thinking about <laughs> popping, put a little bit of fluorinated toothpaste in there. Or it will dry it out, but you will get some redness and inflammation from it. Popping pimples or blackheads? Bad. It, don't don't do it because well, if you don't have the right tool, because there's a tool to do it. Yeah. It's called a comedone extractor. It's like a little round thing. If you just pop it, some of it will come out, but invariably, most of it's gonna go back into your skin, uh, cause inflammation, and that's what's gonna go, right? yeah. Infection and scarring. Yeah, That's how a lot of kids get Stop acne scarring. popping your pimples. Uh, I like come to it. me, let do it. Facial
1: exercises for wrinkles.
2: What a great question.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't write them. I'm sure you yeah. never yeah. get these, right? I mean, this, so, is
2: this is like a Shark Tank episode that I just watched. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't buy it because botulinum toxin, which is mostly known as Botox, and there are four different forms of Botox approved in US, specifically works for the, specifically opposes muscle movements in your face. Because the way people get etched in wrinkles is like if you had a shirt and you just, you know, you're just kind of wrinkling it, right? Mm-hmm. And you do this a few million times, you're going to get a wrinkle that doesn't go away. So when you do facial exercises, essentially what you're doing, if you're frowning, you're gonna get those 11s or 111 lines between your eyebrows. So I tell patients not to do it because what we do with Botox is the exact opposite of facial exercises. I'm not I'm not saying your forehead should be paralyzed like my forehead, <laughs> but less <laughs> movement, less movement is is better for wrinkle prevention. Uh, do you ever do Botox? Never. No. Would I'm not you? saying it's good or bad. I just. What you do it or no? It's safe, right? I mean, my forehead has not moved since two thousand and three. Now I'm staring at it. It's
0: unbelievable. I I don't I don't I
2: probably not. I just don't really.
0: I don't know enough about it. And Uh, I'm not. I think if the rest of me was worth worth it, I would probably get it. But it's like this is as good as it gets. Uh, I mean. I didn't. Even, I gotta be honest. I didn't even notice that you had it. I didn't either
2: until you said that. Until you said it. No. Well, there's a there's a there's a there's a tasteful way of doing it, and then there's the LA way where everything <laughs> is sort of overdone. So there's not. So so, so there's no long term effects on it. Is there any? Or is there, are there any long term health benefits from it? So Botox is the is the most commonly and safest used cosmetic procedure in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, there is a health benefit. There are some studies that show that um, getting Botoxed actually improves depression symptoms. And we think it's just because, you know, initially like you're feeling better about themselves. Well, you think that, right? But in 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 fact, in fact what happens is that when you frown it makes your nervous system think that you're something is wrong, and if you're frowning all the time, it, it's going to get you depressed. If you can't make that movement, the biofeedback loop that makes your brain think that something is wrong is inhibited, and we may actually feel happier. Fascinating. Yeah, that is That's interesting. It's like you know, when you're in a bad mood, people say just smile, and it gets you in a better mood. Yeah. Yeah. Just just doing that. Just send some kind of a signal. It's probably something evolutionary don't to our smile. brain. I'm not. Don't smile. I won't do it. it.
1: No, I know. When people backwards. say it when people say that to me though, I'm like, you know. What do you know? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, but no, that is that is interesting. Last one: beard oil. Is it worth it or is it snake oil? What was the question? Beard oil, like beard uh,
2: oil. Sometimes my beard just is not
0: shower and it's fine. Well, it's I know it's that's one. nice and greasy, but yeah. I want to know what the doctor thinks. I mean I, mean,
2: I, I, I mean, I think it's good to moisturize your your hair. It's sort of like a conditioner for mm-hmm. a beard. Um, I don't I don't think there's any evidence one way or another. Okay, this is not if unless you get acne because it's oil. It yeah. can't hurt you, so if, if, you don't, if you don't have a reaction to it, it's fine. Ketogenic
0: Hopefully. diet, okay, um, effects on
2: the skin. I think that any diet that is extreme is probably not healthy long-term. So for me as a dermatologist, I think every patient that I see with an inflammatory condition like acne or psoriasis or rosacea or eczema, they may not ask me, but th- their burning question is, is it something I'm eating? Or is it something that I'm not eating? So I never recommend uh, keto as a diet. In fact, I know two people that recently had kidney stones while they were on keto. I don't know if it's anecdotal or it's really cause and effect, but I think that a, a diet should be balanced in complex carbohydrates fruits and vegetables, some lean proteins, mostly fish, and, you know, no, you know, I recommend no white flour, no white sugar. How about that, huh? Just just (laughs) keeping it simple. No, but I mean, how about that? And, you know, I love the, you know, the diet that I I recommend to patients is anti-inflammatory. So anything that has preservatives is junk. Okay. (laughs) Soda is junk. You know, anything that you can get that's going to be prepackaged, frozen, processed, processed, it's junk. So, you know, there are some things that I personally do that I think work for me, but it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you or for you. Everyone is different, but the basic principles of having lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, food that's not been processed, and, you know, lean protein, mostly fish, I think is is healthy and it helps with with skin conditions People, I really believe it. Certain influencers are saying things that work for them at the present time
0: and then you know the general public they're going to believe it. It's not their profession. Like I'm, um, you know, it's there are things out there that I don't do that I'm unfamiliar with that if I heard someone say, I'd be like, oh, wow, really? Like, But but when you when you have someone with a great physique and they have great skin, it might be because of genetics or just because of well, everything they're what. doing. Everything yeah, that they're but, doing. But the, the, one of the biggest questions I get with nutrition is, I'm trying to lose weight. Should I do the ketogenic mm-hmm. diet? And I've never, I mean, I, I've spoken to plenty of doctors, Dr. Perlmutter, certain doctors that promote it for their own lifestyle, but they'll even say, they're like, listen, this is something that I'll use as a tool here and there, or I'm not always on it, or even someone like myself that doesn't believe in it, I, I put myself in a ketosis for four weeks a year just because I need a little mental break, but I'm not, it's not a diet I believe in for long-term.
1: Okay, over, under, you're gonna tell us if this is overrated or underrated. Okay. Men-specific products. Overrated. Why is that?
2: It's packaging. Yeah. So I, I, it's I, I, I I knew it. it's packaging. I knew that. I knew that. It's, it's, knew that. it's gray, it purple, it. <laughs> and black versus like silver and you know, pink. I'm
1: gonna throw another one in there. Coconut oil.
2: Um, you know, for for stretch marks, people people swear by it. I think in general, for any kind of an oil, if you're acne, if you're not acne prone, if your skin is not acne prone, then oil is fine. For some patients, it just tends to clog their pores. Even there are some oils that, that uh, claim that they help with acne. It's not for every patient. Mm-hmm. So if you want to try it, you can try it, but don't buy like the Costco size bottle, buy something small because if it's not for you, it's, yeah. it's kind of easier to eat it. So
1: you got to give it a test run before you know if it's going to work for you or not. And Just like be, anything. Right.
2: The last one, exfoliating. It's uh, underrated. Exfoliating is very important. For both for men and for women, because what happens is so this is a little science uh, lesson for the day. So your skin takes about 28 days on average to go from the very bottom, the base, the basal layer, so the bottom, until it gets to the top and then sloughs off. Because we're constantly sloughing off our skin cells, and. Healthier looking skin is the skin that has fewer of those dead cells on the surface. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to scrub to exfoliate. You could use something inexpensive and simple like salicylic acid, which you can get, or alpha hydroxy acid, which every pharmacy you can buy. What about the glove wash? What about the
0: loofer gloves very lightly around your They're throat? fine. Do they're, you have those? They're,
2: they're totally fine if you want to do it. <laughs> I, think. Um, I like. I mean, for me, just keeping it simple. I like exfoliating with something that I'm already doing, so I need to wash my face twice a day. I might as well have something that's going to exfoliate in the wash. I and like so that. I like that, too. It's, uh, it's, it's good. It's a good idea. <laughs> All right. STDs. Uh, now, figure. Now, <laughs> what is
1: the most, the most common one that somebody comes in? And, and honestly, has this ever happened to you? Somebody comes in and they're just like, what is this? And just like drop trowel and then just totally spooks Can me. I Only can at I dinner guess? parties.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I bet, dude. I'm going to guess. Yeah. Chlamydia. I so, thought it would be HPV. So, gonorrhea. Uh, I don't. I don't see chlamydia or gonorrhea in my practice unless it's it travels with something else. So my practice, and I have a lot of patients with sexually transmitted infections. I would say that majority of that is HPV. Uh, some molluscum, which is another virus that you get from molluscum another person. Molluscum contagiosum. That's right. <gasps> kids, kids get it a lot from other kids, and it's not considered an STD. But excuse me, in most adults, it is an STD, and of course, herpes. Herpes is very, very common.
1: Okay, pick a side. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna ask you two questions and you're just gonna pick which one is better. Soap versus body wash.
2: Same. Really? They both accomplish the same thing. Now, if you're using something that you knew you can smell from across the room, whether it's soap or body wash, it's not for you. You know, for anybody in fact. I tell all my patients, you don't have to stink but you don't have to smell like flowers or Irish Spring or so whatever it is. More
0: cost-effective though. What I find I like using a bar of soap. All right, it's just easier for me to just scrub with. When I'm using body wash, I feel like I have to use half the container to wash my entire body. It's always I don't know. I it's just, a personal preference. I'm a body
1: wash guy. But I could, because right. I thought soap dried out your use skin, that's what I was always it. told. No.
2: It just it just <laughs> it depends on the quality and what you're using. If you're using something that is scented with natural oils or natural scents, okay. that's fine. If you're using something that has uh, what's called fragrance mix, which is a bunch of chemicals that are in every single product that you can smell, and then there's a different mix to give it different scents. Mm-hmm. In a lot of people, it causes contact allergy, hmm. dry skin, irritation, can make your eczema worse. Told you. No. It's, you know, <laughs> Don and I are gonna go
1: out and buy something, and you saw us coming back with it. And it was a total piece of garbage. What would that be?
2: So the biggest waste of money for um, for skincare yes. is overpriced products that come in very small bottles. Because people think if they're buying, a, and I don't want to name brands, but if they think they're buying a $400 under eye cream, it's going to work better than... Uh, Twenty dollar eye cream. Yeah. It's probably the same product yeah. in different packaging. Yeah. So I think you know people who spend thousands of dollars on skincare. I mean, it's good for them if they can afford it. But I think there's better ways to spend to spend money.
1: How much are would your products run?
2: So, so our products are. Kind of medium priced, uh, anywhere between thirty to hundred dollars for depending on what it is. Okay, whereas if that's you that's
0: completely fair for what looks like a very high end skin. And
2: product. you know because we basically skip all the middle people, right? Yeah. we we skip all the distributors because, you know, every retail product, every time you buy it, it's a hundred percent markup plus. Right, mm-hmm. right. So if you're buying something for twenty bucks and four people have touched it, it really costs you know five dollars to make. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. On the other side of that coin what is, I believe, blank is worth the money? Like, what is, what is it that we should be investing in?
2: So I think for skin health in general, I think sunscreen is the most important thing that you can do to keep your skin looking great and keep it healthy. Because um, a good sunscreen may save you from having skin cancer, may save you from having wrinkles, lines down the road, pigmentation, and you know, if there's one thing that your listeners Sort of take from this from today is that you should use sunscreen every day. I mean, that's really a very, very. I'm, I don't want to sound like a public service announcement, but it's it's really, really important. Gym bag essentials.
1: We're going to the gym together, Don and I. What's going to be in our gym bag? What what are the, you can name maybe three or
2: five essentials that we gotta have? Well, what are you doing there? Are you are you asked me for exercise? I'll be you watching me for, Don do uh, uh,
0: as I just. Language. I think this is more about yeah, more about skincare. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: Making sure you have dry clothing or change of clothes, I think, is very important. If your skin is sensitive uh, or if you have some sort of a skin condition that precludes you from using whatever you know, dispenser, soap dispenser, shampoo dispenser they have in there, I always recommend bring your own stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, but you have good stuff. Though, I then. think that
2: if you go to a gym where you're not sure how well they wash their towels, it's good to bring your own towels. And yeah. flip-flops are a must. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it's very common for men to pick up fungus uh, at the gym, especially if you go to like a, a sauna or a schwitz. you know, you walk, it's the, all that humidity just makes all that stuff grow and they can scrub it as much as they want. You're still going to get some, some gross stuff in there. I, I thought that was great.
0: Yeah. I Thank mean, you, guys. The, you, were, you were a pleasure to have on. And I can tell you Appreciate one thing. It. I
2: think there's a lot more topics that we
0: can cover with him. Yeah. So I think we should do this again at some point. I'd love so to. A huge
1: going. list. To uh, Dr.
0: That. Gary Goldenberg. Okay. Um, go ahead. Say the episode, profession
1: again. Because I, c- I couldn't say it, it again. Was, um, I couldn't say it the wait, first hold on.
0: time. I had it written down. Dermato pathology. Wow, close I, enough. I, but I have to read. It. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you say dermatopathology? Dermatopathology. I would have just said dermat because I wouldn't have been able to do He's it. A for- dermatologist that specializes in dermatopathology. Yes. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Thank reps you, episode number. I think honestly, it's like reps episode. What do you think it really is? Sixty something, fifty, probably something? seventy. Seventy? seventy. Let's call it seventy. It's a sure. special number. Okay, seventy. Reps episode number 70, Dr. Gary
2: Goldenberg. We have z over here on Instagram. At Don
1: Saladino. And where can we find you?
2: Ed um, Goldenberg Derm on Instagram. And our website is goldenbergdermatology.com. You can
0: find him on the Upper East Side. He does not hand out bandages with, you know, Puffy the Dragon like Zach likes. I mean, this is this is big time stuff here. I'm excited to try these products. Clarifying His Clarifying Cleanser, which I'm going to use. The and moisturizer? I was running low on my... I Omegas ran, and I actually vitamin just D. ran
1: out of my vitamin D, so this is uh this saves me a trip to Star.
0: Yeah. I got mine. Guys, if you have any questions, we are um, reps, reps at musclefitness.com. Muscle Can we we're not even
2: reading off of like a cue card not right anymore. now. We're
0: like, yeah, we got it. Until next times. time, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks.
2: Thank you.